here we go. Spring of 2020. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. Welcome to the Tennessee Outdoors podcast, all you freaks that just love deer hunting so much that you're probably listening to this in a weird place, vehicle, mower, who knows? Episode 48. 48. We already fired Weston as a as the lead into podcast episodes, <laughs> and this episode is all about summer trail cameras. So we're going to cover a cool, really awesome current event, and then we're going to dive into some updates on um, my hunting properties. I don't think I don't know if Weston might have something updated to update you with, but I doubt it. <laughs> um, and then we'll lead right into summer trail cam stuff questions that we have from some people and then my general um, tips on it tips and tactics tips and tactics so current event wise big news in the hunting industry for conservation uh, specifically whitetail conservation Um, so kind of a big deal QDMA you've probably heard of them has acquired I don't know. I would assume that they are the people who are acquiring um, the National Deer Alliance, um, and they are combining to one organization. So National Deer Alliance quickly essentially was uh, they worked on more Congress issues, law changes, all that good stuff. QDMA is more of an info-based, you know, kind of working on this. They so essentially they were working on the same things at different organizations. And uh, now they're combining. So let's remember, nonprofits are businesses still. So <clears throat> there obviously was a business decision here made. Uh, I would assume it had something to do with the CEO from the National Deer Alliance becoming the new CEO of this new organization. Uh, QDMA lost their CEO and was probably out on the search for it. Um, this person was had history with them. And they ended up acquiring the whole company. So um, I think it's a good thing. It's one large company that's going to focus on general conservation for deer. So they also said that they were they were getting they thought they were getting kind of cornered. They, were, they had cornered themselves by being called the Quality Deer Management Association. Um, so whatever the new name is going to be is probably going to be more broad as they're trying to target the broad spectrum of people, not even beyond, beyond hunters. So kind of like how trout, trout unlimited is and the national pheasant, um, I don't know what pheasants, pheasants forever. Yeah. How they kind of have donors and Christ, I think I'm a donor for pheasants forever. I haven't even been pheasant hunting. So that's similar kind of idea. It's a business move. Yeah. Possibly related to COVID. They claim it's not. I mean, the nonprofits were struggling for sure. Mm-hmm. So either way is a good thing, and they they said it was in the works for a while. So I'll take their word at it. But yeah, that's the big thing. Anything from you there, Weston? They said they did say they're keeping their logo. So like the QDMA, like logo that was so well known. 
It's gonna stay on the trees all around the country. They have, they have no, uh, like no, there's no leaks of what the new name will be or anything yet. No, not that I've seen. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I think that yeah, Q, QDMA is just you know that's you can't even gauge how much difference that they've made. You know, you you look at the the hunting landscape in the '60s and '70s to what it is now, and you can probably give quite a bit of credit to QDMA. I mean, it's been an info-based service or business for for forever. So it's been produ- You know, they produce great content, and they have biologists to stand behind them. Yeah, everything they do is is, is pretty cool. Plus sponsors, they're a business. They're a nonprofit, but they're a business. <laughs> yeah. So. Anything else on that, Weston? No. Exciting stuff. All right. Should we get into the 2020 fall update? Let me tell you something right now. We just went over, well, it's July 13th. Shit, I was just going to say we just went into July 1st. I didn't make a comment about this last week, but, dude, we get in, we get past July 4th, and my brain starts malfunctioning. <laughs> like, I've been going crazy lately. I actually caught myself. I'm like, you need to slow down a little bit or you're going to burn yourself out already. Yeah. Waste just, all your energy now. Well, you it's just, doing that. it's getting, like, the bucks are starting to look kind of similar to what they're going to look like. You know, they're starting to be big. They're starting to be out in the open more. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I had a buddy just... that sent me a couple trail camera pictures <laughs> from this last week. He's got some. Large. Very, yeah. Like. Yeah, shoots, you know he shoots a big buck every year almost. So hey, he's one of those guys. Yeah, big buck shooter every year. Mm, pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So we'll get into this, but right now I have. What did we just count? Did you say thirteen? No. I have over thirty out already. I got another, probably twelve to go. So I'll be running <laughs> over forty cameras this year. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've gotten, I've already gotten some really good bucks on them. Mm-hmm. So the one property that I've been hunting for a long time has got a freak on it that, yeah, he's going to be up there and score first, first buck on the camera. And I don't, I don't know. I, I got to look closer. I don't, for some reason, I don't have any really good pictures of him, but I got to go back and look, but. I didn't, nothing stuck out of me from like knowing him from last year, but he, uh, if I bet if I look a little closer, um, and that, and that farm is just, it's a big ag farm, a lot, mostly ag fields, really hilly terrain that connects to huge chunks of timber. And for summer photos, it's amazing. Like if I had all the bucks on there that I have in the summer throughout the season, <laughs> be sitting pretty good. You never but, had to leave. What's that? City never have to leave. No, <clears throat> no, you'd be you'd be sitting there hunting twelve shooter bucks. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that's not really how it works. Either. No, they always move off. Yeah. But they, but I, I do anything I get in the summer, I usually will get back. Yeah, at some point. At some point there. I'm not saying that's true for everywhere. Um, I'm just lucky to be in their summer, summer spot. So we'll get into that when we talk about tactics, but. Um, the difference of knowing where their summer spot is and where they're not. 
Um, cause you know, there's some people that aren't in their summer range right now and they might be panicking, which <laughs> pump the brakes there, bud. Mm-hmm. It's July. So that's, I, all, and, and, and it, the person who's like, I got all the big bucks in the County and this is my year. Pump the pump brakes. brakes there, bud. It's July. I was, uh, I was a little bit in that boat last year. I didn't have like, yeah, any, I think I told any, you to pump the brakes a little bit there. Well, that was, yeah, that was like middle August though. When we started getting them. When I, when, well, we didn't have many in like July. We had, you know, a couple, whatever. Yeah. Puny boys. But, um, and then we had like, it was like a two week stretch where it was. August rut. Like, yeah, like four giants. Well, yeah. I mean. And I was like, oh God. Here's the thing about summer trail camp pictures. The reason why I, like, oh, God. I get them out, I want to get them out in July because I want to just make sure everything's working because I know the first two weeks of August is the August rut. Right. I mean, so it was, and then I never saw any of those deer throughout the season. Well, three of them got shot by on the same farm, but we've talked about that. That was your neighbor, yeah. Before. Yeah. Um, uh, opening weekend of gun hunting. So I <laughs> saw a picture of just all all three of like the three top three bucks that were like, oh, yeah. Oh, good for them. Well, yeah. I'm sure did. you guys drove them up to them. Probably did. Well, it's actually it's actually like two farms away, so probably not, but maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, another big news is is one of my business partners is taking over a family like mm. farm. Yes, well, it's actually just land, and it's really cool situation because it's a hundred and thirty acres, open ag land with a lot of um, nice fingers running through it. And there's some definite woods that will hold some deer on a, like, small lake. Mm-hmm. Like a big, like, it's not a pond, it's a lake. The whole lake thing is pretty sick. The whole thing is pretty sick. Yeah. The only thing that's, like, hmm, is there, you know, there's, you know, it's not it's not a for sure, for sure thing. Not a lot of, not Like, that I'll be able to hunt it yet, but uh-huh. as long as this deal goes through, then, yeah. Um. And it'll be another place that we can essentially just test and um, run some cameras on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little drive, you know, two hours from where we're at. So it kind of sucks in that in that sense. But um, definitely something that we can take a trip to. Oh, yeah, definitely. A long weekend. Long weekend trip. For sure. Um, and looking at it, so there's no reason why there shouldn't be big bucks there. There was some decent sign, nothing like crazy. It's also the middle of summer. God, it sucks scouting in the middle of summer. It's just terrible. But I did get on a buck bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> it's interesting, you know, because we're, we're hunting a lot of hilly country around here in southwest Wisconsin. And that's really flat. It's down by Madison. So it's similar to like what Illinois and Iowa is. And... It's the same principle. Like, slowly work your way through the woods. It's not... First of all, there isn't many much woods for them to be in. So, bedding-wise, perp- bedding okay, I'm thinking, all right, so there's going to be something in the biggest chunk of woods. There has to be. Especially with water right there. Like, everything, that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Yep. And when I say big woods, it's, you know... 100 to 200 yards wide from the from the lake to the to ag fields so they have everything there and they're tucked way back like they're not getting disturbed back there 
until I came bumbling in there with my dog. <laughs> um, but it's still the same thing. Did we talk about betting last week or yeah, me and Jed did, I think. So it's the same thing. It was a little knob and the elevation changes. It's all, it's all the same principles. So the elevation changes are just way smaller in that, in that terrain. So there's just these little elevation changes. So it's like, instead of it being, you know, a 500 foot drop from the top to the bottom, it's like 50 feet or something. Well, it's still sure enough on a rounded um, point, like we talked about last week where it's, you know, when I'm saying a rounded point, a rounded knob that essentially they can cover 180 degrees uh, wind directions and bed on any, you know, the hill, they, all they have to do is move a little bit and they still have that advantage behind them with the wind. Um, and Jed and I actually talked last week. And I think we were, we were kind of discussing whether they want to bed with facing towards the water or with their back to the water. And this bed was definitely facing out towards the water, the opening with its back in timber, got a little brushy right over this little knob out of the way of the rest of the timber. That's kind of flat and open. And he's out in, anything comes from the water he's gonna hear it see it from a mile away anything comes from from behind him with any north wind so northwest west east all that he's gonna get him bounce bound off into the water and <clears throat> it's kind of like a swampy shallow water there so they can definitely navigate it same shit you see in in creeks and rivers um so i mean that's it's nice to know because there isn't as many places for them to bed there. Like the issue is it's 130 acres, probably 100 and 110 of it is, is, is ag. egg field. And it's all corn for the most part with some grasses, like native grasses <laughs> and some fallow areas. But for the po most part in the fall, once the corn's cut, I mean, they're going to be, there are only so many places they can go. Yeah. You know, they have those grass fields. They have those brushy fence lines. Um, but we should get a really good idea. So I spread out six cameras on there, just common pinch points. And we'll be back. I'll, I'll head back down there in a couple weeks. Um, need to get confirmation, but probably going to try to go down there and get some food plots in too, some fall food plots. So it's all corn. That's the, that's the negative. I wish there was some diversity there. Some diversity, yeah. <clears throat> but... So you is added that, some plots. So you kind of touched on it, but do you, is that obviously easier scouting and obviously like the walking and stuff's easier than, you know, what we would scout around here? Well, yeah, walking super Just because it makes it way easier because it's flat. Yeah. But I'd basically, say it's, but it's, basically say it's a little bit more difficult in the sense that um, you I don't know bedding exactly. is more obvious here. Yeah. Because you just go find the the big elevation change right. and then walk that elevation line. Yeah. Um, although this is, I mean, that bed was, that bed was on a spot that I had picked out before I got there too. Yeah. Just a, and then you can, you can kind of assume change. that you gotta be careful with those, with those fence ditches, like those fence lines. Cause those fence lines have really good trees in them and they're brushy. Mm -hmm. Like I watched a, uh, I drove by on a UTV and I stopped and I looked back and there was a doe that had stood up right in the fence line. Um, so kind of, kind of figuring out what fence lines 
would make the most sense for a buck. So it's still going to be like that elevation change, what's behind them. You know, once that once that corn's gone, though, like... You got to imagine they'd probably stay out of there then. Not unless they have a really good structure behind them. Yeah. So, if, you know, maybe one of the... You know, the, the native grasses and that's... There isn't... There is some... You, I guess you could you could probably break it down a little like that, like where you look at where the native grass, like where the cover is going to be. And if there is cover that's going to sustain through the season to those fence lines, that'd probably be the area to look. Um, and then there's, you know, there's little islands, those like pockets. Yeah. I was, yeah. I'd say in the summertime, it's it's harder there, though. Like, it's, you're going to have a hard time. Just hang the cameras and get out. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're exposed everywhere. Right. Because everywhere is open. Not to mention, you know, they're, I, they're probably bedded in those cornfields, in those little pockets, those little island woods, yeah. whatever they are. But they're going to prefer them. Did you put cell cams up there or just no. regular? No. I can't commit to fucking 30 yeah. cell cams yet. Well, yeah, I know. So I am I'm test running these uh, the Cuddy Back Cuddy Link cell cams, not a sponsor. Um, which no paid sponsors. I just don't understand why it's so difficult because the the technology is there, and it's just like Jesus Christ! Like I had to sit down for like two hours to figure this shit out. It's crazy, and then one camera didn't work, and I call them and I'm like. And one can't like, so I got an external battery pack for them. Yeah. Because supposedly like, the batteries are going to die bad. Well, so the one compartment camera doesn't work, but when you plug it into a battery pack, it works. So obviously there's something wrong with the battery pack in the camera. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. yeah. So you put the batteries in the camera, it doesn't work by itself. You plug it in the battery pack, it works. It works. So the camera's operable. But something's wrong with the battery compartment. So I email them, and they're like, "Yep, you can't put energizers in our in our cameras." What? You have a whole line of batteries that don't work, which I'm pretty sure I put them in all the other. I haven't, I haven't went. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't talk too much shit about it, but <laughs> that is very odd that they would just. No, we just hate energizers, so they just don't work. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's a glitch. It's, I don't know, man. It's it's just frustrating because. I think it was like 750 for four cameras. So you have a cell home camera and then three remote cameras with that. The mm-hmm. idea is brilliant because the, the issue that everyone's going to run into with these cell cameras is they're going to have a million different data plans. Right. So like most of them are like 10 bucks, 10 bucks, 10 bucks, 10 bucks for every camera. Well, yeah. you run 10 cameras and you're looking at a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. 10 cameras. Um, whereas this, you can assent, you can technically hook up, like eight cameras or 16 well they say 16 there's no fucking way i'd even try that i'd say eight tops i got five on them right now with six one coming out soon and uh yeah i don't know i don't know i i'm suspicious of it working or not so i've started hanging secondary cameras over top of them to see how much they're missing or if they're missing something because there's some it's just like so i have like other non-cell cameras out there and I've gotten pictures of like really nice bucks, but they've never those bucks have never shown up on a cell cam. <laughs> so it's like they're only like, dude, I got this whole area covered. But 
it's so it, it, I don't know. It I'm not we don't we're not trying to bash him. <laughs> but I I don't understand why. I mean, we're going to get to the point in 5 years where it's going to be like we don't even fucking go into the woods. We're just looking at our phones on apps. Oh yeah, I can't imagine. It's going to be ridiculous. I can't imagine like you said 3 to 5 years from now that we that you would need to. You're not going to. And honestly, that's awesome. Yeah, less disturbance. And you get to know like what's going on out there all the time, At dude. It's the coolest time, thing yeah. ever. I get a text. I just like sit you're there like, and like, I'm like, yeah, here we go. Like, you're like a giddy, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. You start getting texts. Yeah, giddy little kids. Like, like it's yeah. But I I do like actually like going out and like having the surprise. I have one of those. Uh, whatever. Uh, also not a sponsor, Boneview. Oh, you plug God. in your phone. It actually has yet to like fail me, which is yeah. pretty surprising. Do I've you end it, up keeping all the years. pictures on your phone then? I made that mistake last year where I had like 6,000 <clears throat> no. childcare pictures that I accidentally downloaded on my phone. Oh, no, I haven't done that yet. And you, by the way, a, it has a separate when you app. try to delete things on iPhone, you have to go through and hit every single picture. Yeah, I know. You can't like... It took me over an hour to delete them all. So, yeah, so... I kind of like that. I enjoy like having the surprise. Yeah, but I, I get that it's cool. But yeah. when we're getting into like October, especially right. or even September, October really like later, like I don't know, just some. There's always like a daylight. There's always a switch, and you have like four days to get on one. Mm-hmm. Like you, like a buck will like visit a scrape or or hit something, or you'll get it on camera. Like say like. Two out of four days, or three out of five days, and you always miss that info because say you check it like once a week. Check on the seventh day, right? And that thing started hitting it like two days in. You missed the spurt. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's gonna be a, it's it's an absolutely I can't even can't even put it in like it's the like how much is going to be worth to the hunter it's going to be incredible mm-hmm. if they can work properly if they can yeah if they because can like out a system right now i'm stuck on this i'm like geez i can't even rely on, i can't so you, i can't really rely on it so you question kind of with this cutty cutty link system yeah you just pay like an upfront whatever and then you can link as many yeah you paid like 750 for the cameras and then it's is it uh, like a year long plan. Yeah, it gives you it gives you options to pay monthly for the Verizon subscription, so you get a vi- Verizon wireless plan. And then it's like you know it's the same as all the other ones where it's like ten bucks a month for hundred pictures or some shit like that. And then I don't know. I got the unlimited pictures and I just paid for the full year. Cause, but you can pay month to month, and it was like three fifty or something. Just paid the whole year. Yeah, unlimited. Done with it. I think it, I think normally unlimited for the whole for, uh, unlimited is like forty bucks a month. So you look, you compare that to the other camera companies, and you're spending at least ten dollars a month okay. for some of these for unlimited. Okay. You only get four cam. I mean, it's it's a good idea. It's a good idea. It is. Plus, they claim you can cancel at any time, so you can really go month to month and whatever. But I don't know. I don't understand why the technology is so lagging, so far behind. Like, why can't it just be like? It seems pretty simple to me. Like, just send me the goddamn text. And, like, it's so delayed and, like, I don't know, dude. It's it's frustrating. Okay. 
I had a camera in one spot where I know it was like I kept checking it because you can. There's like a it is a cool little format where you can like see like the status of them, battery level, like how much oh. it's connected to the home cell. Sick. And it kept showing like it was never sending pictures. And I'm like, okay, it was in that spot in the ditch where they were all crossing, mm-hmm. and I had a normal camera there, and there was like hundreds of pictures there. Well, then I hung a cell cam, and then I didn't get like I got like two pictures over like a two week span. Mm. Like, all right. No, something's not working. No, something's not working. Had to go down in there. Luckily, timed it in the pouring rain, so I didn't really disturb much. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because that's really that's in the heart of the. Oh, that's yeah. somewhere I don't ever want to go. Right. Like never. Again. Yeah. It's a sick. It's an awesome spot. Though, so what was the, what was the issue? I don't know. Just reset it. Hung it in different. Hung it a little differently, and yeah, all of a sudden it was ding ding ding. Now ding, I've been getting a lot of pictures of it. Hmm. <laughs> So, cell cameras are cool. Um, I see, like, Reconyx is coming out with one, which I'm sure they're going to fucking knock it out of the park. Yeah. But it's still, it's like a $300 camera, plus you got a data thing. Yeah. It's going to be expensive. Their cameras are just expensive in general, but. Yeah. But they are. So, first, so I guess kind of the first thing with trail cameras is, like, what's my theory behind what cameras to buy? That's what I was, that was one of my questions. So, yeah, let's start there. One of the questions, my personal questions. Was you, I mean, knowing you, I know you've probably um, bought almost every brand mm-hmm. that there is, especially on the cheap, cheaper side. side. Yeah, so in your opinion, like, well, no, it doesn't have to be brand specific. What's, what's the way to go, man? Like you know, cheaper, try to get talk to people like a two talk, years. like I had a client. That went to the farm and he said he only buys Reconyx. And I get that. I do. And I've been telling myself I need to start buying like three or four a year, you know. But I still, and then I just did what I did last week where I bought 10 $30 cameras. Yeah, but that was a screaming deal. That's tough to pass up. If you get two years out of them, it's well worth it, right? I still haven't gotten to the point where the cheap cameras are so bad. Because I think it's more important that you I hang them and I get the information along the line. So like when I so when I go in to check cameras, I want to hang cameras if I'm going after a buck, essentially along the line that I'm accessing. Mm-hmm. In a, in multiple places. Because if I'm going in there with a like I usually go in with a UTV and I set everything up where I I don't even leave I don't leave the UTV. And I set I set everything up and I even think about like which direction I'm I'm going to be in the pat in the driver's seat, driving, and I just go and pull the cam, run, pull like it's a two second thing. And I've also bought enough SD cards now where I it's not like just switch them because you used to play the game too where you'd sit there and plug your put your SD card in your computer, download the cam- photos, mm-hmm. then put the SD card back in the camera. Well, mm-hmm. then you're sitting there for like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to sit there and check the camera, go through the picture. I couldn't oh. control myself. I yeah. look at them so quickly. Oh yeah. And you want to see, like, you know, if it's working or not. Because if you, you know, if you want, if you, if you're going to have to fix it, you might as well fix it when it's out there. Rather than making another trip. Yeah. 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 But now I got enough SD cards where I swap them. So I just swap one SD card goes in, other SD card goes out, make sure I press on, make sure it's, you know, double check the on. Yeah. Um. But as far as like what to buy. 
dude, I bought. I really don't have that many problems with them. I'm still running some like cameras. I know I bought for forty bucks, and they're still working like three years later. If I buy a thirty to fifty dollar camera, I expect one year out of it, one season. Because I'm desperate for this season. Because I just want. I need. Usually, I buy. Like, usually, I get it like in October, and I'm chasing after a buck, and I don't want to move any of my other cameras, so I go out and buy a couple cheap ones to place them out in like little satellite areas that yep. I can check while I'm. Yeah. Um, so I'm personally in 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 the situation where I have I buy cheap cameras right now. But I'm starting to move into the direction where I want to buy. You know, I'm getting tired of looking at the nighttime photos and you can't fucking tell anything. It's it's annoying. Mm-hmm. And there is there is a pretty big difference when you start getting over a hundred dollars. But you can buy a hundred dollar cameras and then those things suck. And then it's like a punch the gut yeah like, oh my you, god Cause you really because you could have bought three cheap ones yeah and at that least work, two out of three at least work okay. <laughs> at least two out of three would have yeah, been dude. decent yeah and you know say whatever you want about wild game innovations and i see I, I see people talking shit about them all the time i don't i'm not like a they are about as commercialized as you can get in the hunting industry but and they for me it seems their stuff seems to work because i i I've collected the cameras that don't work. So I actually have a pile of all the cameras that have broken. Would not recommend the Tascos from Walmart. I'm pretty <laughs> sure <clears throat> those are those are so bad. Mm-hmm. I got into those Victors, Victor, Victor from Amazon a couple Victor. years ago. I mean, they literally ding it when you turn them on. Like, what the fuck? You're going to make a noise out here? Uh, yeah, I have noticed. It does a I, – because well, I bought one of those last year, <sighs> a Victor, and it worked fine, but – it, when you turn it on, I was yeah. like, are you, I was like, so to give you a little behind I, the scenes on you like cannot turn it off. the trail camera industry. So I got into like the drop shipping game from China and uh, like, so you supply and outsource your product from China. That's all these people are doing. All the lower end pre- camera products are essentially outsourced through China. That's why if you go on Amazon, you type in trail camera, there's probably 10 Chinese companies who are making pretty much the same cameras as the American co- companies. And they're like half the price on Amazon because they're literally just making the same ones and they're just selling them on Amazon. Yeah. And there's probably, there might be like a, yeah. So I did get a, I did get um some Browning cameras last year that are good for field scan mode. They're like a hundred bucks. They're not great. Yeah. But they, they seem to at least get the field because the field scan is kind of nice in some areas. And then um, we were selling some culverts for a while. And those have worked pretty well for me. Culvert? Yeah. Have you tried the... And those are a little bit... Those would be that next... Those are like next, the next level up. Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried the... Uh, I hadn't really heard until like last year... Last year, maybe a couple of years ago, of them, and then I know the THP guys have a partnership with them. But Exodus, mm-hmm. have you had any of those? Mm-mm. You haven't? Okay. No, me neither. But I but do yeah. have. I do know, like, yeah, just say no. But um, so like in me and Mitchell and I, my brother Mitchell, he has. I, think I he mean, has, I'm just saying, most of these companies. They're just outsourcing from China. They're exact same products right. that you're seeing. Right. He has he has one uh, Cuddyback that he bought. Pff, I don't know. 
probably five years ago, and it still works. But then he bought or he won a couple, like a two pack of Wild Game Innovations ones, like two or three years ago, and they take better pictures, and they're still working as of spring turkeys. So. There's tons of people who hate them, but I don't know. Like for some reason, they seem to work decently well. And they, I like they. I mean, I know obviously maybe the technology is a little different than like the cutty back from five years ago, but it, the, the pictures look better, yeah. especially the nighttime pictures. So, okay. I'll give you a little business lesson here <laughs> on why wild game can produce a decent camera at like $40 where another camera would be like 80 to a hundred. Who's just trying to make it. I get it. Um, I get it. If people want to say they want to buy from America too, um, I would probably highly question the manufacturing if it's taking place in America and most of these camera companies, you know, if Reconyx is doing it, they are. And that's why they're charging so much. Um, but when you sell such a higher quantity, like wild game does, cause they're so commercialized. So they're moving so much more product. Their margins don't matter as much to the little guy who's just trying to make it and just trying to get a name for itself. So yeah, that's the issue. They can just they can afford it. I mean, it's, make, so it's McDonald's. It's McDonald's first the rest first right. the hometown diner. Right. They don't have to charge as much because they can. They're selling so many. Yeah, the hometown hometown diner is still like slinging some kind of gross food and like they're just trying to make it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the next question we'll go. We'll just go. We actually might have a phoned in question. We'll just oh right now. Yeah. Another phone. Let's let's give Jeffrey a call. He said he had a question for oh, us. Oh fuck yeah! Hello. Hey, this is Jeffrey. You're live on uh, the Tennessee Outdoors podcast, episode oh. forty-eight. Hey guys. Jeff, how hey, you doing? Thanks for having me. And let's give a round of applause for Jeff, a new found father. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Reg- gee, thanks, guys. Congratulations, Dad. Hey, thanks. Welcome to the club. Uh, you, you were dead first, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> Jeff, do you have a? First of all, <clears throat> Jeff was one of the one of the properties that we kind of highlighted mm-hmm. earlier in the year. How was the trail cam pictures looking for the first round? Oh, not too shabby, and uh, I just um, recently purchased three more. Got some better quality ones. We're gonna we're gonna swap some out, put them in a new position, but pretty satisfied with the results so far. Yeah, did you get those in the mail? Yep, they just came uh, two days ago. That's awesome. Yeah, mine came so, too. Weston got some too. Um, big day for Weston. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be an exciting property to follow. But uh, so with that, with the with your new trail cameras in mind, what's uh, what's a question you have about summer summer trail cam setups? So my question is kind of. Uh, I think it's kind of a two-parter. So my first, the first part, so the first question is, uh, when you put up your trail cameras, are you are you going for food source since it's so early like this in the summer, or are you hitting trails? Okay. And then uh, I guess the second part of that is, um, I'm guessing once you figure out, once you have them up and you see what you're, what's showing up on there, then do you do you move accordingly? Like do you make some adjustments and uh, try and get a little bit better idea of where they're at and where they're going. Yeah. 
Okay. So first part of the question, do you set up on food or I guess you're probably asking more like what's your, what's like my ideal setup in the summer. Um, if I had to pick an ideal situation, it would be a meat where food, water, food and water meet. Right. So like if there's a pond with a field around it, if there's uh, any of that kind of stuff, that's my, that'd be like my number one spot. If you could use mineral legally, um, in, man, I, th- I don't even think any Wisconsin can use it anymore, but like if you're in Iowa or Illinois, then mineral, uh, seems to work really well in August. Um, well, even now, but other than that, like right now for sure, I'm looking where's food and water meat because they're, they're, they seem to be hanging around water a lot and depend, but it's also dependent kind of like how dry it is. Um, so usually you're going to see a little, you're going to see drier conditions in July and August, and they're going to be at the, they're going to get forced to those actual water sources that are holding water. Um, but then, you know, kind of similar to your property where, you know, you have a couple of those, like, so in the one situation, Jeffrey has, you know, a like a, a fence row that's separating two egg fields with an open gate. Well, that's an obvious one that you just put there. You're going to have that one there all year. Right openings to food sources like that or i mean most likely especially an obvious open gate like that that's an all-year spot and then like another like trail or something like that pinch where it's an obvious pinch where like most traffic has to go because it's so thick on you know above or below or to the side or whatever um you know those are the spots that you get you get cameras in and you just kind of leave them um but the the big adjustment is if you're kind of scanning a field edge for food in the summer those cameras then at some point probably get moved onto scrapes into, you know, September, October. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah, once those, I mean, your, your open gate between those two fields will probably stay, but it, like if we had a camera just like scanning that, that whole field, we'd probably move it once that those beans turn brown cause they're going to get off of them. Mm-hmm. So then we just move them back to like find the scrapes along field edges. Okay. And then what was the second? What was the second part? If you well, that was, yeah, like do you adjust them? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always there's always like those those camera spots that you put on just because it's like a natural corridor, natural movement that they're always going to take, and then you leave them. You know, you got easy access in, and then there, you know, and then I always there there's some of those, you know, outlier ones that are getting like a field edge or something in the summertime. You say you're taking advantage of those green beans. You're gonna you're gonna take advantage of them through August first couple weeks of September, but when they start turning brown, there isn't that like high pressure of movement there, then uh, move those to like other scrapes along field edges or something. All right. Hey, well, hey, thanks for the time today. Hey, I think I hear a baby in the background. Um, yeah, we're up at Jason's right now, so that's Jason's oldest. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> hey. I'll hang up and I'll listen next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Second time caller now. Yeah. Long time listener still. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, that's a that that was a good question. That Did is I a good take question. one of your questions? Uh no. Yes, actually a little bit, but um not one of the other ones that we had planned, so <clears throat> major food sources right now. Mm-hmm. Green, alfalfa, beans, beans, clover. And those will be good until September and then they all kinda they change, um, you know, beans start turning brown. They, they usually, they aren't using them as much. 
All right. Okay. Next question. Next question we got here is from Eric. He asks, what past mistakes have helped you understand where and where not to place trail cameras? Um, that's probably more of a, it's more of an access thing. Yeah. So if I feel like an area is really good for a trail camera, but if I think that I'm creating too much intrusion by checking that trail camera, it may still be get left there, but I just won't check it anymore. Right. So there's, so there's these, so that's you, that's, that's something you've learned obviously where that's the biggest thing. So there's a, so think about it. If I'm running, I'm running 40 cameras this year. Mm-hmm. There's probably like, let's say, let's say 25% of us, like 10 to 15 that I can check weekly or even like if I want to, if I'm getting aggressive, like three to four days, like on uh, the farm around right now, I, I hung a camera, you know, probably like less than 150 yards from where we're sitting right now, right on the road. So I'm catching all the movement that's leaving my property, crossing mm-hmm. the road and coming in. Well, from the road to the back portion where there's actual cover is a long way. I can check that camera a hundred times. Right. You know, you don't want to like stink it up and stuff like that, but you drive up along with the UTV and you pop up, you, if you're wearing gloves and shit and you just pop a SD card out, I think you can check that a lot. Um, and then there's, it's, it's like I always said, like, so like on this farm and like on general like farms, if I'm like hunting them and I've, the ones I live around, I try to make it, it a routine. So if I'm driving my UTV or driving a tractor around something they get used to. Yeah. You just, you have, you have your cameras hung along that line that are not, um, most likely not visible to where they could be betting. Okay. So like here we're up on high, we're up on ridges. Um, I'm not concerned with them seeing me when I'm checking the cameras. Okay. Okay. Another big thing with that is so think about can they see, smell, and hear? Okay. If they can just hear me but not smell me or see me, I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. they just hear the UTV or the tractor and they're they're fine. Even if they see me but they can't smell, I'm may I don't know. Not as upset. No. Well, it's not. It's not but if they can if they can smell. Hear, see, and see you. That's when you're gonna get screwed because, so that comes into the fact like now I've gotten really serious about which wind directions I'm checking cameras on. So even if you're doing this, even if you're zipping around and you're checking them quick, you can't have your scent be blown into bedding areas. So like I have a farm that's on multiple sides of the road, a bigger farm. I've if if I have a north wind, I can check one whole side of the road because it's all blowing back to the road. Mm If I have a south wind, I can check the other side of the road a different day, blowing all towards the road. Right. And I don't mess with that anymore because it's not worth it. So that's probably the biggest thing. Okay. Uh, kind of transitioning there from that question, I guess we have another question from probably our best-looking listener. Um, you? No. Oh. My wife. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. Yeah. Throwing a question in. Might be a trap question, so be careful how we answer it. Um, her question is how often is too often so to check your cameras? Here's what I'll say. Cause I don't know if she's trying to trap you into that's being like, I'm only going to check them once a week. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a travel question. So, so be very careful. Taking into it. account the wind, your different camera locations, 
you could be checking them every day. You're not checking every camera every day. Uh, yeah. But well, obviously, you're checking the uh, the non-intrusive cameras you could check every day if you really wanted to. Well, long, if the wind's correct, maybe it takes you, maybe you need four different wind directions to check all your cameras. Well, that's that could be four different days through the week. You're right. See? Yeah. See, Jamie? <clears throat> so it's, you know, you can kind of gauge the pressure you're putting on them. So you, you check a trail camera. I've done this before. You're like, oh, my God, there's a bunch of awesome pictures of bucks on here. And uh, you kind of get caught off guard almost because there wasn't before. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Jesus, was I just like on top of them there? Because you have like daylighters and usually they're not bedded very far. Well, the next time you pull that camera, take notice on how many, how long it took for those bucks to get back to, to that camera. Back. Yeah. If it was like five days, you probably fuck something up. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be checking that one. Yeah. So it's knowing the locations on your farm that you can check um, and get away with. Kind of like this one along a road. There's no possible way a deer busting me checking that camera. Now, if I go there and rub that camera and step out to the UTV and, like, just put stink there right on their trail, they're probably not going to cross there anymore. They're going to cross somewhere else. Um, But, yeah, along the roads, like field edges, like field roads and shit like that, you can run up and down them, especially if people, if farmers are going back and forth. Yeah, you can check them a lot. But let them, let That's the deer tell you if you're putting too much pressure. If all of a sudden a deer, like you had a good deer on camera, and you're in, you're into the fall where you're actually hunting them, not counting, not counting the September shift. And all of a sudden they're on there consistently, and then, then they're not after you check the camera. It's not a coincidence, most likely. Right. You obviously fucked something <clears> up. <throat> yeah. Okay. You hear that, Jamie? So I could check them every day if I really want to. And that kind of goes in. Like, do we have any questions about like how to hang a camera? Because you could you could spook them. No. Like yeah, that was well that we don't have any, but that was one of the questions that I kind of thought of. Because I know that kind of ties into that. There are some guys who really really believe in um like hanging them really high and just kind of putting them down. And I think you're kind of turning into that, aren't you? Or are you? Um, no, because so like I'm not. But how are you? Yeah, like how so are you? Two, how are you positioning the? the yeah, cameras? so there's two different cameras, right? There's a camera that I'm hanging. So like right now I'm hanging a camera in July. Okay, if I'm deep in and it's intrusive and it's something that's gonna soak for the year, because I have a, I'll bet out of 40 cameras I run, I bet 15 I'll never check until March. So I won't even see them during the season. Mm-hmm. And that's a mental shift that you'd be like, you can't. You can't you just have get to over yourself. it. Yeah. yeah, get over it. Unless it's right on a route to a tree, tree stand that, when you hunt it, you can pull it or something. Um, there's been some times cameras like that where you don't check them forever. You're just checking those outskirt cameras, and if you push in during like the rut or to kill something, and then you have a camera close to that stand, you can check it on the way in. But, um, so there's two different cameras. There's the one you hang in July, and I'll probably go back now in August just to make sure it's taking pictures properly and that the batteries are set up and then leave it. Um, and those ones I would lean more towards hanging them high um, out of their line of sight. Okay. Because there, there I just want to, you know, I want to see how they're moving through there. You know, I'll try to hang. I honestly hang the more expensive cameras down in there too because I rely on them. Now... The ones that I'm talking about where I'm checking them weekly, where I don't want to leave the UTV, I, I don't really agree with the high ones because then you have to get out. You and have to get out. 
then you're then it's an extra thing that you're leaving your scent. Right. So have I noticed deer or big mature bucks look at it because you, you, you'll get that look and then they won't be in the picture anymore. Right. So they come up, they look and then maybe you'll get their ass end leaving or mm-hmm. they're gone and then you don't see them again. Well, okay. Yeah. They may have got a little spook from that camera, but they're in that area yeah. and that's the information I need, I guess. It's unfortunate, but I look at it. It's, it's a trade off. You, you, you got to give to get some bucks are sitting. Some bucks I've had on camera. They sit in front of a camera for 20 minutes. Like it must sound like a paparazzi's in front of them. I had a, you know, those cheaper cameras that don't like the flash. Like Jesus, they're like probably blinded by the time they're, and they well, don't care. No. And yeah. they keep coming back. <clears throat> I had a buck that bedded right in front of one last year and I had like, it was like 40 pictures in a yeah. row of him just laying there. Yeah, like you know another strategy. Like if if it's something where, you know, you're getting big too. you're getting a deer that's or bucks that are, um, exiting somewhere like exiting a woods, on a field edge. Yeah, that's right where it was. And they're walking away all the time, and they're usually not like coming into it. You know that that's a different situation yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I th- I think the trade off of being able to check a lot of cameras quickly non-intrusively is more important to me than spooking a couple because most likely they might spook on that camera but i also have it in the back of my mind now to think about like okay he did get a little spooky on that camera he's still in the area mm-hmm. i got him on this other camera or this other camera so his core still makes sense and he's probably in that area he's just skirting that camera mm-hmm. you gotta think about that like mm-hmm. take that into consideration mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's the last question we have from a longtime listener, sometime very silent guest, uh, my brother Mitchell. He's asking, what's the closest that you can put cameras to figure out a pattern? So if you want to pattern a buck, like how often do you think you should have a camera? Like yards? I'm guessing yardage is what he's at, what he's looking for. Like if you really want to have a good pattern down, like how mm-hmm. how close do the cameras need to be? Let's just say like on a you know like a rate like a sixty to eighty acre farm. You know, just obviously if it's a a bigger farm, you probably need more. Yeah, closer, so it's like it's that that's obviously farm dependent. But when you're talking about like food sources like this, because most likely that's that's where I lean. Mm-hmm. Anything in the woods, um, boy, it, it better be something that you know isn't intrusive. Or those ones are getting left. Like, I'm just not going in there to check them. Unless, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. Some people might have those spots, but most likely you don't, and you're probably checking them and you're screwing things up. Right. So those field edges, I mean, that's why those time-lapse things come in handy because then you can put, like, two or three out in different corners and just try to catch them coming out. And see, and just basically just try to figure out yeah, what, time, figure, what time they're coming out. It's more, more you, yeah, I mean, time, you're going to know it's a lot. If you're going to kill one, it's going to be the last half hour of daylight. Sun goes down, those 30 minutes to follow, hour, whatever. Um. So... 
Hmm. I wouldn't say that there is a limit. Like, dude, I've I've gotten crazy. I've hung like five cameras on a field before. Like just just because I knew I could just zip around the field edge mm-hmm. and check them all at the same time. Right. Well, yeah. But so I mean, yeah. If if you got something coming out, if you have one coming out into a field, say, and your your pattern early season, and you're kind of like, I just need to know. I need to nail down. Like, what's the wind? What's the weather? Like, what's what's he doing to access this? Can I even hunt it? Okay, so because if he's accessing, you know, say that there's a field where your wind's going, your downwind sides to all the woods where their bedding is, and they're coming out of that woods. Well, that's going to be a hard thing to hunt. So I want to know, so I, then I'll, I'll spread those cameras around in that field. And I'll just figure out, is, is there another wind that he will come out here with? And is that a different area than he normally comes out at? Because most of the time, they're coming to that field, and you probably can't hunt them. Especially in the area that we, like, in, in where it's, like, hilly and, and like, large terrain. Because we talked about last week, bedding. They want to bed with the wind to their back, and they bed with that wind falling off the ridge tops. So coming from those, so if you have ridgetop egg fields, they're the wind's coming from those egg fields most likely, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they they probably come out of their bed and work their way into that wind up to the field. Not not necessarily, but most likely if they're bedding on these hill hillsides with the wind to their advantage. Yeah, you know that's so you got to know. Hopefully, you can figure out that that like that little weakness that he's still accessing that field with an off wind or something. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a limit on it really. Okay. As long as you can sling, as long as you can move quickly, check quickly and stay and it's not intrusive. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about what's intrusive. If you're in a bottom, like you guys are hunting, you're hunting bottom egg fields. Everything's intrusive there. Mm-hmm. Because if a buck's close and he's coming out to a field there, he's probably bedded where he's watching you. Right. Check those cameras. You know? So, <clears throat> they're, yeah, that's a tough one. So, yeah. it's you have to always consider where do you think this thing's bedding at? Can it see me when I check it? Can it, can it smell me when I check it? Um... You know, in our situation with with the hillsides, if you check it from the top, if they want to bed with that wind, you know, coming from the field, well, you aren't checking the camera with that wind anyways. Right. So they should ideally be a little bit off wind anyways. And it's farm country, so they're used to that equipment. But, I mean, if they're sitting there watching you check it, I wouldn't really want that. So, I don't know. The you you pick your. It gets easier when you get some. It's easier when you get in October and you start seeing those rub lines and scrapes, because those are the easy things to put them on. Yeah. You know, like I if I'm chasing something in October, I'll I'm not afraid to put a camera on dang near like the big scrapes around the field edges. So I think the keys, no matter what, like. I know we're talking about summer stuff, but just keeping the intrusion intrusion down. Um, And I use July here to 
to make sure the ones that I'm going to leave and soak are working properly. So I'll run back down there probably one more time, maybe in the rain or if there's rain coming, rain does seem to seem to help kind of wash away your, wash away your uh, sins or naughty things that you do in the woods. <laughs> so, I mean, Christ, I went down there and checked that one camera like in the pouring rain, not planned. I knew it was coming and then it just popped up and started pouring, but not the end of the world. No. Probably the best time to do it. Right. Um, so, yeah, always trying to check them. So, I guess what's the overall what's the overall theme of the summer scouting? Yeah, you go to the food sources, water. If you can use mineral, that will fire up really big here in August for the bucks. You know, does and fawns are using it all year, but I've noticed that bucks will, for whatever reason, turn it on in August on those. Um, I'm kind of testing the scrape theory right now, so hang in some mock scrape or setting up some mock scrapes mm-hmm. or putting on scrapes and seeing how what's really checking <clears throat> them so that can, that can work too um but yeah i think uh better double check see if there's any other questions i strolled in here that is all that i had on uh facebook yeah <clears throat> All right. Anything else you can think of? No. Man, I think water and food is a king. You got soybeans on your property. That's awesome in the summertime. Your soybeans are looking pretty good. Yep. And they're out there hammering them. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, alfalfa gets so good in September, I think. But I other farm I hunt is, is a lot of alfalfa, and it's really good. Whatever's Just, green the longest. <sighs> yep. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Appreciate it. Thank you.